everyone, welcome back to another episode of On The Mix. I am your host, Lindsay, and today I have a little bit of a short story for you guys. I just thought it would be interesting for me to research how did Eric Clapton even come up with Derek and the Dominoes? How did he come up with the song Layla and other assorted love songs? I just thought, well, so fascinating because that album is like a one-off and there's so many amazing songs on there that I just had to look into the backstory. Let me kind of set the tone for you guys so you can kind of picture this in your mind's eye. So the year is 1969 and Eric Clapton at this point was kind of frustrated with his music career because his supergroup Cream was already ended and he was already in a new band that wasn't going to last very long called Blind Faith and his friend George Harrison. He convinces Eric to join this new band and to go on tour. While he was in this band called Blind Faith, he ends up going on tour, just kind of, you know, around America and around the UK and things, with this band called Delaney and Bonnie and Friends. So Eric's on tour, Blind Faith, and with Friends. And after this tour, it was completed. They finished the tour in America. Eric wanted to stay behind in America for a little while because, you know, he was thinking of, right, I've already been in two bands and I want to do something with a solo album, right? I think that's what kind of most people do when they finish a band. They start doing like solo work right away. So after this tour, Eric was staying behind in America and he was talking to Delaney, right? Delaney of this band here. And they struck up a deal together. Delaney said, listen, you know, you went on tour with us, which is amazing, right? So I'm going to help you with the release of your debut solo album. And so this is what ends up happening. Eric did release a self-titled solo album that released in August of 1970 that did just okay on the charts. The problem with this solo album that I found was that people obviously liked the fact that Eric was a guitarist and he was an exceptional guitarist. But the problem was, I think a lot of music critics thought that the album was just kind of a massive fluff piece. Like, the songs weren't really that great. They just liked the fact that this is Eric Clapton and this is a solo album by Eric Clapton. So it did just, like, moderately okay. So Eric was fed up. He's like, right, I've already been in these bands and I've already released a solo album. What the hell am I going to do now at this point? My solo album didn't do that great. So he's like, I need to take a hard left and I need to figure out a new musical direction. So this band, Delaney and Bonnie and Friends, they split up after this point as well. So now Eric starts to form a new band. So Bobby Whitlock of the Friends band started hanging out with Eric at his house in Surrey, England, just to kind of jam together and have something to do, just to kind of pass the time. You know, they both loved doing music, so they just were jamming together and having a good old time of it. Well, they thought that this was something really interesting. They were like, hey, we're doing pretty interesting things. Why don't we bring on some other people to come around? Clapton, he brought on session musicians, Carl Rattle and Jim Gordon, who were already a part of Eric's crew for these tours that he did. So he brought Carl and Jim Gordon into this kind of jam session at his house in Surrey, England, and now they're coming together as an official band. At this point in time now, they're in England and they're having a good old time jamming out in Eric Clapton's house. George Harrison starts to do his debut solo album called All Things Must Pass. So George said, hey, you guys want to come on to my album and play for my album? Cool. So with this new formation, Eric thought of a band name. 
because this was very important to him. He didn't want the public to know that this band that he was going to start involved him. He didn't want his fame to be why people would listen to the band. He came up with a moniker where it would be totally innocuous. People wouldn't know that this was Eric Clapton, right? So he came up with the name Derek and the Dominoes. So that's where that whole thing comes about. And actually, it's funny because they toured briefly as the Dominoes for a few weeks in August of 1970 in the UK, just briefly. They didn't really have any material necessarily um, under their belt. They had maybe one song, but they weren't like doing anything major. They were just kind of touring a little bit. That's pretty interesting that they were like, you know what, let's do a little bit of a tour in the UK just for a few weeks around the local joints and see what's up. Well, before long, they were to head over to Miami to officially record an album. So they start to bring in someone who is extremely monumental in the sound of the album. By this point in time, I think we're all well aware of the fact that Eric wrote the song Layla, and he had that in his back pocket. I did an entire episode on how and why Layla came about and who the inspiration for that was, how he did it, all of that, because there was a three-way love connection going on between Clapton, George Harrison, and George's wife, Patty Boyd, right? So if you want to listen to more of that, I have an episode on that already. But just the basic rundown, Eric had a thing for Patty Boyd. He fell madly in love with her. He was best friends with George Harrison. George Harrison was like trying to swerve this whole relationship. Patty Boyd was trying to swerve this whole relationship. She had two of the most amazing guitarists in England at the time after her, right? She was married to one. Eric was like, I love this woman so much, so I'm going to write Layla for her. He gives the song to her and she's like enamored, like, oh my God, this is absolutely insane. That's the basic rundown. If you want more details, again, I have the other episode out there. Um, So he has Layla in his back pocket. And that was what the album was centered around. You know, the album's called Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs. Derek and the Dominoes have flown to Miami. This is where they're going to record their first album. And music producer Tom Dowd was at this studio in Miami, and he was working with the Allman Brothers at this time on their second album. During a recording session that he was doing with the Allman Brothers, Tom got a phone call in the studio from Eric Clapton. And he said, hey, do you mind if we use the studio? We're going to come down and we're going to record an album. Is that okay? And Tom usually doesn't take calls, live calls, while he's working you know, at the booth. So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. You can come on down, no problem. Dwayne Allman, who is one of the guitarists for the Allman Brothers, he overhears that Eric Clapton is going to be coming down to the studio and recording some music. And Dwayne Allman is a massive Eric Clapton fan. He is a massive fanboy of him, and he is so enamored by this. He's like, hold on a second. Eric Clapton's coming to the studio? That's awesome. Like, do you mind if I join in on those sessions and, like, just hear him play? Do you mind? Like, if Eric's cool with it, do you mind if I just kind of watch? And so everything was okay for that. Like, oh, of course, no problem. So Derek and the Dominoes were in Miami at this point. The day is August the 26th, and the Allman Brothers were performing a benefit concert that day. So the boys were on stage, and Eric overhears this, and he's like, hold on a second. The Allman Brothers are going on stage. I want to hear them play. (laughs) He's like turning the tables on them in a funny way. So 
Eric and the rest of Derek and the Dominoes, they get past everybody and they are the first row of people at this concert and they are intently watching the Allman Brothers. Now, this is really funny, but to be fair, this is very relatable because I would do the same. Um, so Dwayne Allman, right? He's in the middle of this amazing guitar solo. He has his eyes closed. He's just very in the groove, right? And then he opens his eyes. And who does he see in the front row looking directly at him, intently gazing into his soul? His idol, Eric Clapton. And he is like, oh my God. And he freezes. He completely stops playing the solo. He freezes, but second guitarist for the Allman Brothers, Dickie Betts, doesn't even skip a beat, and he picks up where Dwayne left off just to help him, just to help out a friend. He's like, okay, Dwayne's totally frozen over here. Let me help him out here. But then he notices Eric Clapton as well in the crowd, and he's like, oh, God. <laughs> so he then has to turn his back to the audience so that he wouldn't also freeze when he sees Eric Clapton. That's just so funny. I mean, fair enough. You know, you're a guitarist and you're amazing in your own right, but you see someone like Eric Clapton who is looking intently at you and you start to freeze and you like forget your name. You forget where you are. You forget like how to play the guitar. Like, okay, fair enough. I understand that. Honestly, I think the only guitarist who has yet to fall under the gaze of Eric Clapton is Jimi Hendrix because Jimi Hendrix outplayed Eric Clapton. So I think that's a fair assessment. But I think that is so funny, like both guitarists are like, oh God, Eric Clapton's here. Let me just forget how to play everything and look like an absolute fool. Um, but that's really funny. So after the show, Eric and Dwayne finally meet and they're like, oh my God, I love your music. And oh my God, I love your music. And Eric's like, you have to bring your guitar to the studio right now. Let's jam together. Let's see how well we mesh together. So Dwayne's like, cool, cool. So they go to the studio and they start jamming together and they have a whale of a time. They're having an absolute blasty blast. And they're like, you know what? We work really well together. Do you want to perform on my album for Derek and the Dominoes? And Dwayne's like, oh my God, are you serious? Yes, I would love to. Thanks so much for this opportunity. So that's how that whole thing kind of went down. It's really, really funny and it's really sweet. Honestly, I love the Allman Brothers. The Allman Brothers, I think, are such an underrated band. They're like a Southern rock variety, but I really like that. I think they're an absolutely awesome band. And obviously, Dwayne Allman is so good. And then Greg Allman, of course, he's awesome as well. Um, so it's just interesting how like the two worlds collided together. You wouldn't really think, I suppose, that like someone like Dwayne Allman would be on an Eric Clapton record. But I mean, seemingly enough, when you hear the album, his guitaring actually amplifies the sound, right? Because you hear like Eric Clapton, he's a bit bluesy. But then you also hear Dwayne Allman, who's a bit bluesy as well. But he has a different like twang to his guitaring and it just elevates the sound that much more. Eric was looking to take a different musical direction. And I think this album really, really, really helped him achieve that. So essentially the album was like half and half. It was half original material and then it was half covers. Obviously you have songs like Bell Bottom Blues and then you have Layla and you have all those other ones that they did. A Little Wing that they did as a cover of Jimi Hendrix and things like that. It's a really, really, really nice album. I think it's very well packaged, not only like the artwork, which I'm gonna get to in a minute, but just like the overall presentation the mixing, the engineering, it sounds really, really, really great. I'm lucky enough to have a copy on vinyl of this album and it's so nice to play. Um, to be honest, it's not like my favorite album of all time, but it's an absolutely amazing classic album. You know, you can't really go wrong, honestly. 
So to kind of circle back around now to the album artwork, because I think that is also one of the focal points of this album in terms of like how iconic it is. The album artwork was done by a French artist named, oh, please, I'm probably going to get this wrong, Fransden de Schomburg, okay? A French artist named Fransden, let's just call him by Fransden for now, okay? Derek and the Dominoes were staying at Fransden's house in France, and his son was like showing them around the house, and in the house, Fransden, he had a studio where he was working on the painting for the artwork for the album, and and they see this woman. And in French, I can't say this, so I'm just gonna say it in English. The painting is called Girl with a Bouquet. And Eric Clapton sees this painting and he immediately likens the image to Patty Boyd with like the blonde hair and like the blue eyes. He immediately sees the correlation. Like obviously Franzen was not painting Patty Boyd. He just sees that they're eerily similar to each other. And how insane is it? that Layla and so many of these other songs that have based the album around is in relation to Patty Boyd. It's just like another layer. Interesting coincidences kind of coming together. So Eric's like, this is amazing and we need to put this on the album cover like this is it. So that's essentially the album artwork and how that was conceived. To be honest, I really, really like the album cover. It's like really different. And I thought this whole entire time that it was Patty Boyd, but seemingly enough, it just was an absolute coincidence that there was that strong resemblance. So, Layla and Other Assorted Love Songs was released November in 1970. Unfortunately, this is so weird, the album failed to chart in the UK. In the US, it peaked at number 16. So it was released to moderate reception, it was just like okay upon its initial release. The record labels, the American and the UK record labels for Derek and the Dominoes probably thought that, oh shit, people don't know that this is Eric Clapton <laughs> that's in Derek and the Dominoes. People just see Derek and the Dominoes and they have no idea that this is an Eric Clapton band, you know? They imagine that if people actually knew that this was Eric Clapton's work that it would have gotten a lot more sales and better reception just because people see the name and they immediately want to buy it. So they're like, who's this Derek and the Dominoes? I don't know. The funny thing is eventually thought of an idea where they distributed badges out to people that said Derek is Eric, which is a funny play on words. So then once people realized like, oh my God, wait, this is actually Eric Clapton, then it started to kind of snowball a little bit. And then the domino effect, no pun intended, um, started to happen, right? So now it was taking off in a much bigger way, whereas initially it didn't really do so well. Unfortunately, though, in terms of like the broader aspect of this album, critics thought the same way about this album as they thought about Clapton's solo album, where the guitaring is on point, but the songs were all fluff. It didn't really mean anything the songs didn't do enough for them. Like, it was just a bit meh altogether. And it's just like, okay, I mean, that's kind of fair, right? You know, when I listen to this album, not every song on there I immediately enjoy, but the, the album itself obviously is very iconic. So you take it with a grain of salt, right? But it's just funny how even at the time, people were like sleeping on this record. They weren't even really interested. It's like, well, first of all, we didn't know Eric Clapton was in Derek and the Dominoes. And second of all, it's just like an okay album with a bit of fluff in there, like whatever. But honestly, come on, 
you have Layla, which is one of his like best songs of all time. So you you take what you can get, I suppose, with this whole entire thing. I'm going to end it with a quote from producer Tom Dowd, who worked on this album. He had to say, What came about with Layla was the true fusion of American blues and jazz with the British invasion. Here we had two different cultures coming together, the common denominator essentially being the old blues masters. And instead of clashing, their styles met head on, and it kept on growing like top seed. Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole thing about this album. It's not particularly a hard rock album or anything like that. It is like a blues rock, southern rock infusion together. And I, that's true. I suppose maybe a little bit of like a slight jazz influence, I guess. And the British invasion obviously comes from the fact that Eric Clapton's in there. So yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. Nothing really clashes with each other. All the genres go well together. The songs on there are great. Again, like some songs I like more than others. As a whole package, you know, I think it was a great album. And if for some reason you have not listened to this album and you've only maybe heard of Layla, then please do yourself a favor and listen to this album because it's very iconic. It's one of those albums that I think you need to listen to. It's absolutely great. I mean, it's other assorted love songs, right? So it's all kind of love songs with different various themes. So, but the whole entire like archetype is about love and romance. So if that's something that interests you, then by all means, give it a listen. But I would suggest you do anyway, because it really is a great album. So yeah, that in a nutshell is essentially how Eric Clapton came up with Derek and the Dominoes and how he created the album Layla and other assorted love songs. I just thought for a brief little episode here that I would dive deep into all of that. So thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys learned something today that you hadn't known about before. And I will see you guys next Wednesday with another episode of On The Mix. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, guys.